Hey, this is Dan. Thanks for tuning in to this micro episode of Law by Dan, where I share short, sharp information, news, and my personal views of legal stuff. Hope you find it of use. A couple of weeks ago, 34-year-old Madeline Lewin was sentenced to six and a half years for the manslaughter of Brisbane businessman Anthony Brady as a result of a bondage session gone wrong performed by Miss Lewin, who was a sex worker. Now, during the trial in Cairns, the court was shown evidence of Mr. Brady's body and it was ultimately found face down, arms, legs tied to the bed. He was wearing a hood and he had a rope around his neck and a gag in his mouth. In his opening address to the jury, Crown Prosecutor Nathan Crane told the court that Mr. Brady was a client of Miss Lewin and it is likely his cause of death was mechanical asphyxiation and there was medical evidence throughout the course of the trial that supported his claim. His submission, among others, was that there just wasn't the reasonable care and skill by Miss Lewin when having the oversight of that bondage arrangement. Moreover, he told the court that it was not apparent that Miss Lewin had any significant degree of experience in providing these types of services or acts. Mr Crane said that the combination of the items found in the hotel room were inherently lethal and that Miss Lewin had a duty to be hypervigilant about the health and safety of the deceased Mr Brady. Justice James Henry said it was inevitable that Mr Brady must have given some signs of distress and it was obvious that Lewin self-indulgently continued on in disregard of his safety. So ultimately, Miss Lewin was found to have failed to ensure Mr Brady's health and safety during the consensual bondage activity or act, and she was consequently found guilty of manslaughter. The court also heard that Miss Lewin grew up in New South Wales and had no criminal history until age 31. She also had a diagnosed mental illness and there were some suggestions that her offending behaviour, you know, beginning when she was 31 and onwards, was related to her mental health issues. Miss Lewin, during the course of trial, neglected to cross-examine any witnesses or give her account of what happened, and the jury reached a verdict in less than one hour. Miss Lewin apparently left her papers on the floor during the course of the trial, and she presented no evidence to the court and did not make a closing statement to the jury. She also sacked her lawyer in the course of the trial as well. The unconventional approach apparently stunned the court, according to media reports, with the judge reminding the jurors that Miss Lewin's failure to give evidence should not be considered as evidence against her. Justice Henry announced that he was considering asking Miss Lewin to consent to seeing a psychiatrist before she received her sentence, but she refused. The mental health issues aside in this matter, it's an interesting case in a number of respects, but perhaps the most apparent, and that being that when it comes to the sex industry, there is no uniformity of laws across the country. In Queensland, sex work is legal, provided that it is conducted in licensed brothels or by sole operator sex workers pursuant to the Prostitution Act 1999. 
According to the relevant state government website, an application must be submitted to the local government authority for a licence with strict laws controlling how brothels and sole operators sex workers actually provide those services. That being said, in my research of the legislation and other ancillary information, I could not find any definition of what actually is sex work. In particular, are there specifics about what it is and what it isn't, or more to the point, what acts fall within the ambit of sex work and what doesn't? In the context of the case of Miss Lewin, the court heard that she had a duty of care to her client, the deceased, and the act performed of which she allegedly had little experience was in fact the act that killed Mr. Brady. Now turning to relevant legislation, manslaughter in Queensland is defined by section 293 and 300 of the criminal code and the three elements are that one, the deceased is dead, two, that the defendant caused the deceased's death and three, that the defendant did so lawfully, that is, any defences are excluded beyond a reasonable doubt. Now, one is obvious because Mr. Brady was found deceased. Now, number two is curious in my mind. Sure, the court laboured the fact that Miss Lewin had a duty of care, but from what I understand from the facts, Mr. Brady willfully requested the act, which one would suspect would be with full knowledge of the risks involved, remembering, of course, that the act was mechanical asphyxiation. Further, in relation to the assertion that she had a duty of care to Mr. Brady, and in particular that she did not have any significant degree of experience in providing these types of services, it begs the question, how does one get the training and what is sufficient experience and who determines that to what yardstick? And at what point is there a threshold between what a client requests and what a worker delivers is obviously a very delicate thin line. Not to mention that if oxygen deprivation is the main game in such an act, then I suppose you're likely to see someone gasping for air and at what juncture during the act does one intervene or pull things up. If such bondage is deemed to be an acceptable act under relevant legislation, you would have to think that bad things are likely to happen. The client, you would think, would have to be acutely aware of those risks. Again, given that we're playing with this idea or this notion of mechanical asphyxiation, which is oxygen deprivation. There has, of course, been numerous cases of well-known people who have crossed that very thin line of mechanical asphyxiation and they're no longer here to talk about it. Lastly, Justice James Henry's statement that Miss Lewin self-indulgently continued on in disregard of his safety, I find bewildering, and I'm sure that many people would similarly agree. There have been copious amounts of reports on the causal link between poverty and prostitution, and the term self-indulgently would be a phrase that you would be hard-pressed to associate with prostitution. That being said, I'm aware that I wasn't at the trial and, of course, was not privy to all the facts that were before the court. So what can be done about this mess? In the case of Miss Lewin, she sacked her lawyer during the course of the trial, so I suspect an appeal is unlikely. But broadly speaking, it does illuminate issues that organisations who seek to represent the safety of sex workers need to be across. In particular, matters relating to duty of care of those that they represent 
and the acts as dangerous as what they were in Miss Lewin's case that probably should be avoided. It's undoubtedly a tragic case for all involved. Thanks for listening to this special edition of the Law by Dan podcast. If you've enjoyed the podcast, I'd love it if you could give a rating, whether you're on Spotify, iTunes, or any other podcast platform. By the way, you can reach out to me, should you wish, at lawbydan.com.